0: This is Plant-Based Briefing, Protein for Vegans and Plant-Based Eaters, Part 1, by Brigitte Gem at veganfamilykitchen.com. And I'm Marion Erickson, and this is the Plant-Based Podcast, where I research and curate some of the best content out there related to healthy, compassionate, and sustainable living, get permission, and read it to you here every weekday in about 10 minutes or less. Today's article would be longer than that, so it's a two-part. I'm reading Part 1 today, and Part 2 will be tomorrow. It's by Brigitte Jam of veganfamilykitchen.com. She's a vegan food educator, meal planner, coach, and author of the book, Flow in the Kitchen, Practices for Healthy, Stress-Free Vegan Cooking, which I think should be a must read for every teenager or college student, as well as anybody older who wants to cook more meals at home and cook healthy meals and enjoy it. After a PhD in sociology of higher education and a 15-year career in research management, she got impatient with the slow pace of planet-friendly change and decided to help individuals live a gentler life. She came to veganism from the environmental perspective. As a good, green citizen, she was a big advocate for cycling as transportation, and someone planted a seed for her when they said, if you're fueling that bike with steak, you might as well be driving a Hummer. And the rest is history she now helps others cook more plants she also has an excellent blog with so much great information and she runs virtual cooking clubs where people can get together to batch cook for the week healthy whole food plant-based meals and i have just joined i'm so excited to start in a couple of weeks so now let's get to today's plant-based briefing Protein for Vegans and Plant-Based Eaters Part 1 – My Point of View as a Meal Planner Woman and Mother by Brigitte Jem at veganfamilykitchen.com Protein for vegans and those who eat a predominantly plant-based diet. Should we be worried, or is this all overblown? Those are questions I've been asking myself since starting to cook mostly plant-based food in 2013 and going vegan in 2015 the question is all the more important to me because I plan meals for hundreds of people, starting with my own family that includes two growing children and two athletic adults. I wouldn't want anyone to see their health and vitality impeded by the meals I recommend and cook myself. Quite the opposite, I want as many people as possible to thrive on plants so they can show up to live their best lives while making the world a better place how much protein should one consume to achieve that? Or is the question not even worth dedicating precious brain cycles to? In this post, I will address the contentious topic of protein for vegans and other plant-based eaters. I will share a bit of context to help understand what the hoopla is all about and explain what general guidelines I follow with regards to protein for vegans and predominantly plant-based eaters. I hope it will help others see more clearly on this particular topic. Notice, I am an educator, meal planner, and sociologist, not a medical professional. I'm educated on the topic of nutrition and trained at critically assessing sources of information, including peer-reviewed publications. This article constitutes my opinion on the topic of protein for vegans. I encourage you to engage with other legitimate sources of information, including but not limited to those linked here. If you have health concerns, please consult with a plant-friendly medical professional or registered dietitian linked here. Why do I cringe whenever I hear about protein for vegans? Every time I hear about protein for vegans, I cringe. I don't mean when a non-vegan asks me, where do you get your protein? I consider that to be well-intentioned curiosity. What bothers me is listening to vegan and plant-based health influencers talk about protein, especially how we can get more, more, and more of it. I know I should just swipe away, but I can't help but gape with disbelief as people who should know better amplify the general societal obsession about protein. The number one hint indicating that there's something off with common ideas about protein is that sticking the word protein to practically any food-like substance is an advertising tactic. As documented in the Table Report, Primed for Power, A Short Cultural History of Protein, this isn't a new phenomenon. Since its discovery as a separate macronutrient in the early 19th century, protein has been associated with health and wealth, contrary to the other macronutrients, fat and carbohydrates, which have both struggled with image issues due to their association with obesity, which isn't always warranted, but that's a different conversation. We have to consider the social, economic, and historical context. For centuries, many people ate monotonous diets and were at the mercy of crop failure, especially in temperate and cold climates. In the late winter months, dwindling food stores were often a concern. Protein deficiency, though it didn't have that name yet, was an actual problem, unlike today. Those who owned livestock rarely could afford to slaughter their animals as they needed cows and chickens to convert grasses and grains, inedible for humans, into dairy and eggs. Having protein-dense meat to eat was an enviable marker of wealth. In the late 19th and early 20th centuries, animal farming at an industrial scale combined with refrigeration allowed many more people to have access to meat and, for a time, thrive. Today's situation is different. Our grocery stores are filled with ample stocks of whole grains, legumes, and produce through the year— But maybe the trauma of thousands of years of recurrent famine suffered by our ancestors is haunting us. Marketers are using every trick in the book to push that button. Still, protein matters. Why? Protein is found practically everywhere in our bodies, not just muscle. The different amino acids are combined and contribute to the building of bones, blood cells, enzymes, hormones, and more. There are 20 different kinds of protein called amino acids. Nine of those are called essential because the body can only get them from food sources, while the others can be metabolized. Humans are not different from other animals in that regard. Those who consume meat get to absorb a pre-built set of complete protein that is quite similar to what they would otherwise be metabolizing themselves. Most plant foods have lots of different amino acids, including the nine essential ones. The exception is fruit, which comes short. Nuts, such as almonds and walnuts, are dense in protein in general. However, they are short on one essential amino acid, lysine. The idea that different plant foods need to be combined to create a quote-unquote complete protein pattern was an unfortunate mistake that Francis Moore LePay inadvertently seeded in the public consciousness, see article linked here. To make a long story short, you don't need to worry about it. As long as you eat some variety of plant foods over the course of your day and week, you'll be giving your body all it needs for protein assembly. How much protein should we get on a plant-based diet? The recommended daily allowance of protein for most people is 0.8 grams of protein per kilogram of healthy body weight per day. Registered dietitians Brenda Davis and Vasanto Molina in their authoritative book, Becoming Vegan, Report that many experts suggest aiming a little higher, 0.83 or even 0.9 grams per kilogram. Some sources suggest that those eating a predominantly plant-based diet should consume a little more, closer to 1 gram per kilogram. This is to ensure that they get 100% of all essential amino acids, especially since some of the protein from plants can be bound to fiber and pass straight through the digestive system without being absorbed. The precise number has a reassuring aura of certainty. However, we must recognize that the healthy body weight side of the equation is fuzzy. Based on BMI alone, an imperfect but useful instrument, a person's normal weight can vary by as much as 12 kilos or 25 pounds. Within that range, we can find many people with differing body compositions and nutritional needs, thin and perhaps even frail individuals who need to build their muscle mass, muscular athletes with very little body fat, sedentary people with a normal weight but too much abdominal fat, etc. A single calculation cannot define the healthy daily dose of protein for every body, but it does provide a range. To roughly calculate your own range, multiply your healthy weight in kilos, ask your favorite search engine for a conversion as needed, by one. I love how simple this is. But what is your healthy weight? That's a conversation for another day, but keep in mind that to maintain bone health, especially in women, a healthy mid range BMI is preferable to a low one. Read more about it in my article linked here Calcium for Vegans. For a 5'6, 168 centimeter person at a healthy weight of roughly 132 pounds, or 60 kilograms, that would mean around 60 grams of protein per day, give or take a few grams. You just listened to Protein for Vegans and Plant-Based Eaters Part 1 by Brigitte Jem at VeganFamilyKitchen.com, and I'm your host, Marian Erickson. Tune in tomorrow for the second half of this article, where you'll hear how can we get enough protein on a plant-based diet, do plant-based children need more protein, what about the protein needs of plant-based athletes, what about older adults, what about those with complex medical situations, and protein-aware meal planning and key takeaways.